Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So hello folks and welcome to yet another episode of the Sales Chat Show, the saleschatshow.com driving your sales forward. I am here with the usual Sales Chat Show team, Mr. Phil Jessen, Mr. Graham Jones and I am Simon Hazeldean and in this episode we're asking should salespeople be using online video? Now, this episode specifically is targeted as sales director level because you are going to be the people who are going to need to equip and empower your salespeople with the sort of things we're going to be talking about. So if you are a salesperson listening, please do listen, but please make sure your sales director listens to this episode also so that they can give you the support you need in this all-important area. So I guess the question people are sort of asking is, How much online video should we have about our company or organization for our customers to have a look? So, you know, do we put some videos of what we do up on YouTube for people to see? That's one level. But Phil, you've got an example, something a bit more sophisticated, a use of online video. Yes. Uh, Thank you for that. Yes. The other day I came across um, a, a guy who is in the sales world who put together this very comprehensive written proposal. Um, about six to eight pages long, and uh, throughout this proposal, uh, there were embedded in it five or six short, sharp video clips. Each one lasted about uh, about sixty seconds, ninety seconds at most, uh, and I thought it was fantastic. I can see from the look on Graham's face <laughs> that we are going to get an interesting response to this. I thought it was fantastic because the video clips were able to explain and clarify what in the proposal might have been a chunk of jargon or whatever. Uh, and of course, I think that uh, the video clips uh, would also allow the writer of the proposal to actually demonstrate a product should that be needed. So I thought that it was innovative. I thought it was creative. I thought it was very futuristic. And just the sort of thing that Graham should be doing on yes, a regular basis. This is the sort of time that we need a resident internet expert to ask them for the facts behind the matter, don't we? If only we had one. Yeah. Yes, it is. So did. you couldn't find one, so you asked me instead. <laughs> Luckily, we have Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, should salespeople be using online video? Yes or no? Uh can we come back to an answer to that a bit later? Oh, because sitting, Mr. Jesson, he's sitting on the fence. Because Phil's right, the, 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 what he showed us earlier was yeah. innovative, it was creative, it was a very good example of what to do, because video is good, but it's also really, really, really bad. And the reason it's really bad is because people are focusing too much on it. Everywhere I go, I, get, I meet companies going, we've got to do video, we've got to do video, we've got to do video. And my question to them is why? And uh, are you in the entertainment business? Because if we look at what's happening online, is six out of ten videos that are watched on YouTube are pure entertainment. So if you're in the entertainment business, video is fantastic. But most businesses are not in the entertainment business. 
okay, so that's mainly mainly what's being watched. What's well, that's sixty two percent. But what about the other? The what about the other thirty eight percent? Yeah. Well, a lot of that is how to videos. You know, how do I put a new washer on my tap? You know, how do I speak French? All of those kind of videos. Okay. Business videos. Diddly squat. Hardly anybody's watching anything about businesses. So that says that you don't need to have You don't need a video. So what happens is businesses are lulled into this kind of world of, you you hear all these stats of, you know, there are billions of videos being watched every day and they go, the internet is video crazy and you can read stuff online. That's interesting, isn't it? You can read stuff online telling you that you should be using videos. Uh, The the world has gone video mad and all we want to do is watch videos. But we do... But not business videos. Okay, well that seems to be saying no, you shouldn't. But yeah. You said when I asked a yes or no, you said you wanted to come. <laughs> I hedge my so bets, do I? I, I, I? No, I'm guessing you have some other thoughts on on the use of online video. Well, I think it's about trust. Okay. Do I trust this salesperson? Do I trust this company? In other words, can I engage with them on a human level? And you can do that much more easily with a video. You can connect with someone because you're seeing them, you're hearing them, you're kind of getting this the visual sound perception of an individual and you can get to know them in a, in a quick way. So that's what you can use the video for. But talking about the business and talking about you know, the benefits of product X versus product Y, forget it. Okay, so so where then in, say, the buying process, so there's trust, what else in the buying process? Where else does video potentially help, or where does it hinder, I suppose? I, well, it hinders, because if salespeople are using it to try and sell, or to try and convince people that you know their products are the things to buy, they're going the wrong route, because the, all of the data shows us that the route to go is in written communication. And this is where Phil's example was so good, because he said it was, how many pages did you say it was? About six to eight pages, something like that. Of loads of text. Of loads of text. Yeah, well, there you go, you see. That's why it works, because it's full of text. I'm going to take issue with Mr. Jones. Um, we are sitting here on a Monday. In my diary this week, uh, I'll be going to a hotel, I'll be going to a garage, and I'll be going to the doctor. In all three cases, the people that run those organisations would do very well to listen to me, not to Graham, and to produce <laughs> a video clip. In the case of the hotel, when I log on to the hotel website, it would be quite nice for me to be able to see a short video of the conference room I want to book. Uh, when I go to the garage, um, uh, rather instead of going to the garage, it would be, it'd be rather nice to log on to the garage website and to actually be able to see the car that I want to by in all of its glory. Uh, And when I go to the doctor, it'd be rather nice to log on and have a short one minute, two minute explanation uh, of a procedure that I might have to undergo. So I would argue, Graham, that in all three cases of my week coming up, those three film clips of the hotel, the garage and the doctor would serve me well as the consumer. So take that, sir. <laughs> oh, well, I'd better give up now then, haven't I? You see, you're right. You're absolutely right. They would say. Thank you. Well. we'll stop there. <laughs> but you see, if we think about what you've just said, in all those three cases, you've already made the decision to buy from those places, to use those services. And it was what happened before the video. Not in the case of the hotel. 
Not in the case of the hotel. It's a conference room I would like to see in order to actually book it. Right. But why do you need to book that hotel? We're going off the the tangent here, aren't we? Why do you need to book that hotel? (laughs) But let's bring this back. So you were saying (laughs) the importance of text. So so Phil's challenged about that he would like to see some video. And build on your comment about the text. You see, the thing is that you're looking at that video on their website and you're surrounded by hundreds of pages. So your brain is going... This is a video within the context of loads of depth of information. Okay. The videos that you showed us in that um, PDF file were half a dozen very short videos in the context of loads of text. The video of the garage, where you've already got a relationship with that garage, you know them, it's in the context of all the relationship you have with them and the context of all the text on their website. It's all that text that is doing something that's really important, which is reducing your risk perception. At a subliminal level, you seem to be suggesting. Yeah. So what we want to do, your customers want to reduce their risk of buying, because otherwise they could be buying the wrong product, they could be buying it at the wrong price. They want to keep their risks low. Their subconscious brain is trying to get them to reduce risks, and the way we reduce risks is by getting as much information. You can see this. the, The way to see if this works is go into a shop, Going to you know PC World or a department store, I would say House of Fraser, but they've probably completely gone by the time you're yeah. listening to this. <laughs> but you know you you go into a, into a store and just observe people because I'm a psychologist who's sad enough to have done projects where you stand <laughs> in shops and just yeah. watch people. And um, you you watch people and what they do is they look at a product that they they're thinking of buying, they pick it up, they touch it, they walk round it. They look at any labels, they put it down, they walk away. They come back five minutes later, having gone somewhere else in the shop, they do the same procedure again. They pick it up, they look at it, they pick up the box. Uh, They might, at that point, talk to a salesperson to get some more information. They put it all back, they walk away. They come back for a third time, they do the same little ritual again. And what their brain is doing is trying to assess every piece of information they can get about that product before they make the decision to actually buy it. So Phil's examples of, say, the hotel having a video of the conference room would lower Phil's perception of the risk of booking it because he's actually been able to see it... So it's got a bit of experience of it, but it's yeah. everything else surrounding that video that has reduced the risk. So also the description of how big it is and the facilities. Yeah. So it's all that technical pages. If you think about it online, look at Amazon. Yeah. yeah. The pages that are massive and scroll down and down and down sell more proportionally in any product line than the, the short pages. And Amazon's own data shows us that, that when they extended the pages, when they made the pages massive, and you can see lots of other online retailers doing this. So they've got little tabs and page after page and more information here and technical specifications of this, that and the other that none of us read. But so, it makes us think, aha, okay, there is so lots of stuff here, so my risk I is reduced. So for our listeners who probably are getting the impression that you and I are arm wrestling on this one, Graham, what, what's the actual advice that we want to give the listener? The advice is that if you want to sell... You need lots of depth of information because we as human beings subconsciously weigh the information by the pound. The more there is, the less risk we perceive in buying. So the more information we give them. You can't give people lots of information in a one-minute video. So the only option then is to give them a three-hour video. And they're not going to watch that. So one-minute videos where they can engage with you as a person. In other words, get to know that salesperson and engage with them. So in the videos that you showed us on that little um, PDF, 
was there were some great videos where we got to know the person who was doing the selling. We could see a few insights about them as a person and we go, yeah, I like that person. So you're selling the person emotionally. Yeah. The depth of information reduces the risk. So the, hey, Presto, so the customer's buy. brain is seeing the video and said, he looks like a decent guy. He seems to know what yep. he's talking about, but it's, I'm, I'm not going to be looking at it for very long. Yep. I'm also going to be looking at the text, which is describing what it is. Yep. And... Slightly contrary, so we would sometimes say, wouldn't we, to salespeople, keep your sales proposals quite concise and to the point. But we're also saying there's a role for having more information, perhaps, as well. Fud factor, it's called. Yeah, now they're not necessarily... Is, is this more an unconscious, sort of subliminal kind of yeah, thing? Absolutely. It's more like, well, look how much there is, yeah. rather than they're necessarily going to absorb it all. A Fre- friend of mine... Um, I, I, I'm not sure he'll like me saying this in public, but I will. Um, <laughs> he was the vice president of marketing for a American pharmaceutical company. He was vice president of marketing for Europe. And every few months, they would get a new pharmaceutical that would come in, and they've got to market this across Europe. And he had to go off to America and pitch his marketing plan to get the budget they needed to sell the product here in Europe. And so he would produce these massive 100-page reports that were full of charts and data and they would have done all their research and everything and he would turn up at this meeting and he would never be asked any questions by the board who were you know, going to give him the funds and he, he often thought, you know, they don't read, why am I spending my time producing 100 page reports that they don't read? And so he thought, I'll test them. And so what he did is he produced 100 blank pages and just put the executive summary on the front and he shipped that out to America so all these people in the room had got their 100 pages, blank pages. What he was prepared to do, he had got with him the actual report of 100 pages, and he was going to say to them, when they said to him, why have you sent us all blank pages, he was going to say, oh my goodness, that printer in in our headquarters is always doing that. Luckily, I've brought some with me, yeah, so that he wouldn't be found out. Uh, so everybody in the room who were going to award him, you know, $10 million or whatever it was for his marketing budget, uh, they all gave him the $10 million even though they'd all got blank paper in front of them. And so that showed him that it wasn't the content that matters, it was the feeling that they had got something. So a big, thick report, they just looked at the executive summary on the front, and from that executive summary, their brain is going, because it's a thick report, even though there was nothing in it, it must yeah. be good. So this is not, we're not advising sales directors to get I'm not suggesting they do that. To drag the customer kicking and screaming through a very, very long and detailed explanation, no. but provide the depth <clears throat> of yeah. argument that yeah. allows the customer to lower their perception of risk. Precisely. I can think of another application. Okay, fire away. Says he, wondering whether he should be sticking his head above the parapet last one. Oh dear. Um, Simon, you've previously talked about four different Buyer. Yes. Yes. The executive, the sales and marketing director, type person, the HR person, the whatever. Buyer or procurement buyer. So if as a sales executive I've produced a ten to twelve page proposal or whatever, and I know that my decision making process contains each of those people, Mm. then maybe what I ought to be doing is sending that proposal electronically. And on the case of the finance director, my film clip up front refers to looking forward to meeting you in a week's time, but I hope you find this proposal 
will address your issues around return on investment. Mm-hmm. When I send the same proposal to the sales and marketing director, maybe I'm going to say, hopefully this will give you some insight into how to add value to your customers. And if I send it to the HR director, then maybe I'm saying, I hope this proposal will help in the further ongoing development of your people. Yeah. So hopefully by doing that, I'm tailoring the proposal to different needs. And in each case, coming back to an earlier point, hopefully my character and personality is beginning to resonate uh, with those individuals. So does that pass your test? It does, does, with one caveat. Good, you've got that. I've got one caveat. If you sit in front of your webcam and do those, the person receiving them is going to go, oh, you low expectation of the company because whereas the videos you showed us highly professional very well produced very well shot properly lit all of those kind of things so even in a one minute video you've got to have high production values sitting in front of your webcam and saying those kind of things the hr person is going to go immediately within seconds seeing that video they're not even going to look at the 5,000 words you've written. So maybe as a sales executive, I ought to be trying to persuade my uh, boss then to invest in a small studio Show type studio, setup. Green screen studio. Within yep. head office somewhere. Absolutely. We can, we, can book it, we can book it for an hour. We go in, we shoot the piece tailored and yep. lost. Absolutely. So in terms of the question at the top of the show, should salespeople be using online video? The answer is yes, but within an overall context of information communication to show depth of argument, to increase levels of trust, reduce levels of risk. So things like, I guess, a a TripAdvisor review for a hotel with 5,000 reviews is going to be regarded as having more credibility than one with two reviews because of the weight. And there was... Even though that hotel with two reviews might be a better hotel than the one with 5,000. Because there was um, Petty and Cacioppo's elaboration likelihood model research... Is he speaking English? Yes, that's a damn fine Scrabble word. You make an attempt to try to add some academic rigour to the sales chat show and you just get shot down in face. I think a part of their research showed that the the quantity of the argument had a positive effect on on decision-making. It's like a book review, isn't it? If I go online to order a book, I'm more likely to be influenced by... A book mm-hmm. that's had 65 reviews than as opposed yep. to a book but that's my, had one review. Yeah. yeah, the amount. But the I think quantity. my note of caution is, is just to go back. We're not saying you then talk for hours and hours and hours to the customer. You send them tons and tons of information expecting them to pay attention. It's the more the subliminal unconscious effect Absolutely. of it that you think is most important. Much more important. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I remember listening to Ted Nicholas, the very, very great American uh, copywriter, who his, his comment was, it's not about how long or short copy is. He said, it can't be too long, it can only be too boring. Yes. Which I thought was the int- interesting, interesting, interesting yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I'd, I'd say a similar thing, that you, know, that you go and buy a book, and you read the first sentence, you can't put it down, you've got to keep yeah. reading it, and you read all 75,000 words in one sitting... I bet you've seen tweets that you get halfway through and you think, I can't be bothered with the rest of this. So I think the challenge for the sales directors listening in is you need to look at how this video online video is integrated into other every aspect of your sales process. Yes, it has a powerful role to play, but just banging up videos on YouTube about your organisation, your products and services is likely to be wasted effort. Wasted effort, waste of money, waste of time. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your for your thoughts. And uh, fascinating to watch you two arm wrestle with each other. Um, we are actually going to be videoing some episodes of the Sales Chat Show today. So you may find it online at some stage in the future if you want to see the typical madness that we get up to. So thank you very much for listening. Lots of other free episodes from the Sales Chat Show at saleschatshow.com. In the meantime, we would just like to wish you good luck and good selling. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 